now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's get right into it today, guys. We are here joined by a very special guest, the one and only... Psychic medium Matt Frazier from Ease Meet the Frasers. Hey, How- good morning. It's great to be here. How are you? I don't even know if it's morning, afternoon. I'm in quarantine right now, so we'll self quarantine. I-, I don't even know what day it is. You look very refreshed, though. <laughs> well, because I just got out of the shower. That's why. I you, mean, and- you know, wait, there's only so much you can do in quarantine. You know, you shower three times a day, you clean everything in the house, you fix everything that needs to be fixed. Um, I have not been doing the showering three times a day. I'm on showering every three days. That's where I am. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but I do get it. A shower kills like a good 10 minutes, right? Yeah, it does. It makes you, and it makes you feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like when I shower, I'm just refreshed, you know? Makes I you feel, feel good. Now, who, so you're in Rhode Island, right? Yes. Who are you quarantined with? So I am quarantined with my fiance, Alexa. So just the two of you? Just us and the three cats. Well, that's, you know, and you've been staying in. How is Rhode Island? Is it just people are staying in more or less? Uh, no, Rhode Island is crazy. You know, people here, they feel like they have to go to the market every 10 minutes. I mean, they are just, it's crazy here. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, shelves are like wiped out. We got all the old Italians here. So they're all making, you can smell pasta a mile away. I mean, they're making their red sauces, their meatballs, their sauce, you know, everything. It's crazy. The whole town's cooking. It should be like an Italian's like wet dream. Like they could just stay in, cook all this stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, the thing is, is that here in Rhode Island, everybody knows one another, too. You know, we're a small, small, small state. We're a small, small, small town. So, you know, it's kind of nice, but at the same time, it's tough because we're all in this together, right? Oh, and it's right. hard because we're such a close community. So normally we're going to our neighbor's house. We're seeing people and stopping them in their cars. We're stopping people when we're at the supermarket, where now you can't do that anymore. It's kind of like you just have to ignore everybody and go about your day. I was in the market yesterday and I, and I am a very like laid back person and I, yeah, I had like a complete on basically panic attack in the market. I go in the morning so there's nobody there, but like when I'm in an aisle and someone comes down the aisle, I'm like, oh my God, like, why are you choosing this particular aisle? There's nobody in this store. I'm freaking out now. Now, are you from Rhode Island originally? So yeah, so I actually was born and raised in uh, Cranston, Rhode Island. And then, well, actually raised here. And then I moved to Boston for a little bit uh, when I was in my teens because my dad became the fire commissioner for the city of Boston. And then, you know, Rhode Island has just been a place that's in my heart. It's a place that, I, I don't know, we have a curse here. I don't know if it's much like New York, but you tell me. We have a, cor- cor- a curse that every time you leave here, no matter who leaves here, you end up back here. That's kind of like where, where you live. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, Rhode Island is... Really cute. I mean, at least, like, I know Providence. I mean, that's about it. 
But the Amtrak from New York to Providence, it's a lovely ride. Providence is cute. I've come to like cover certain events for this in Providence. I like Providence. It's very cute. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know what's so nice is that you get that town vibe, that small town vibe. And I think that's one of the reasons why they were really excited to film the series here, too, is because most people don't even know where Rhode Island is. You talk to people and you say that you're from Rhode Island, especially when I go out west and they say to me, where the hell is that? I'm like, Rhode Island. You never heard of Rhode Island? They're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's that's in New York, right? And I'm like, no, 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 not Long Island, Rhode Island. Like, people don't realize we're a state. But here's the thing. So I'm like originally from like I grew up between New York and Connecticut. My sister went to URI, so I know Rhode Island. But like, where is your accent from? There's a is that a Rhode Island accent? You it have is. a New York accent, really? It is, yeah. And you know what's funny is that when I come to New York, true New Yorkers will say to me, "Where are you from?" Because that's not a New York accent. But it's, it's actually so from Cranston because Cranston is in the middle of New York and it's also in the middle of um, Boston. So we have um, we have you on both sides. So what happens is, is that, you know, I think we got a little bit of both, a little bit of the Boston mixed with the New York. That's what I guess. I mean, I'm not sure. That, that I could see. Now, tell me about yourself. So you're growing up in Rhode Island. Now, when, take me back. Like, when did you realize you had this ability like how did this start well you know it's crazy because i don't even know how it started it, it, it i always just just had it i mean it started really when i was about four years old my grandmother passed when i was three and she was the first soul that i started seeing because my grandmother was a psychic medium and my mom as well but when i say that you gotta remember that they never did it professionally when i say that my grandmother was a psychic and my mom was a psychic i'm not talking about they had a tea room or you know they read cards or you know they took clients it was something that they saw spirits, they experienced spirits, they would get visions, but they never did it professionally. Actually, they tried to run away from it and they kept it hidden so much that not even my grandfather knew that his own wife was a medium. So wow. she passed when I was three years old. And then after she died, she was actually the first soul that I started you know, um, connecting with because she would come back when I was just four years old and speak to me and sit on the ends of my bed and you know, communicate with me. And it was just so crazy because I never knew that she died. And it was never a scary experience until all of a sudden other souls started coming in and speaking to me. So it started with my grandmother. And the next thing you know, all of these strangers would come in and start talking to me and connecting with me. And I was petrified, like absolutely petrified because, you know, you were seeing and hearing things that other people couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I would think, especially like at four years old, that would freak me the fuck out personally. So, I mean, did you under like, did you just think these were your friends? How does it work? So like, and is there a diff? I have so many questions. And I think a lot of people do like, is there a difference between a psychic medium and a medium or are those the same thing? Well, yeah. So if you're a psychic medium, you are a medium, you know, it's a, basically those, it's kind of weird because th there's so many different changes like now and today, like, and it's weird to see how the word psychic has changed. Like some people know it, like some really old people will know it as a mystic, right? They'll say to me, oh, you're a mystic or, oh, you know, you're a, you're a spirit medium or, you know, they, everyone has different terms. But really to, to put it, to put it in pers into perspective, a psychic is somebody who predicts the future. So they read a person's energy. A lot of times you'll notice a psychic is someone who reads cards, whereas a medium is somebody who connects with the departed. So, for example, people say to me, well, Matt, how do you do what you do? Like, how do you connect with the, with the departed and see the future? Well, the way that it works for me is that I speak to people who have died. And then those people who have died will tell me information. So the way I get my information is not through the thin air. Somebody has to tell me that. So if you lost, you know, a grandmother that had passed on, she'll tell me, OK, you know, um, my grandson, he's going to get married on such and such a day, or I see him with such and such a person. I see that he just moved. So I get my information solely from the other side, where psychics get it from, you know, tarot cards. So I guess that makes me a psychic medium because, you know, I can do both. But, you know, it's weird because not all psychics are mediums and not all mediums are psychic. Right. So if you are a psychic and not a medium, that is like a card reader or a palm reader or someone who's predicting the future. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're a medium like Tyler Henry, I guess, is like a medium who gets to can connect with the other side but cannot predict the future. 
No, he he should because any medium can predict the future. So a medium, basically, it's almost like being a doctor, right? Not really, but kind of. So a doctor, you're a doctor, you go to medical school, whatever, but then you take a specialty, right? So when you have your specialty, you might be you you might be a heart surgeon, but at the same time, you're still a doctor. See what I'm saying? It's the same thing with with being a, a psychic medium is that you just have both. Interesting. All so right. All so, medium, so to answer your question, all mediums can predict the future. Okay. Interesting. So you had this starting like around four and you were scared. And then like, what did you do with this? Like you kept this to yourself? Like, oh, I absolutely I ran from it. You kidding me? I was afraid. I ran from it. I didn't want to hear from anybody. I didn't want to see the departed. You know, my own family kept it a secret. I wanted nothing, nothing, nothing to do with this. And, you know, people don't realize that when you're that young, you don't realize that you're a psychic medium. You know, when you're you, you can't tell a four year old, oh, you're a psychic. You know, I didn't know what a psychic was. It wasn't until later on in life that I actually put the pieces together. I knew that my mom could see things and feel things and my mom would get visions. And I heard stories about my grandmother and that my grandmother would do this, you know, through the grapevine. But I never really put it together and I never really thought I was different. You know, I really grew up thinking that everybody could, you know, sense and feel ghosts because I didn't know they were spirits. I thought they were ghosts. That was the difference. So I ran away from it for years and years and years. And then... I was in high school and my friends went to go and see a medium and I decided to go as well because I it was at the time when I worked up enough courage to start to look back into this. It was at a time in my life where I wanted to do something with helping others. I always felt that in my heart. So I was just leaving high school. I was starting my career as an EMT and I had a job working for the World Trade Center in Boston. So everybody was going to see this medium. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go too. And it was a life-changing experience for me because it actually taught me what a medium was. It taught me that, you know, I could go and use this gift and help people. Interesting. And then was the medium like, hey, I know you're a medium. Like, did you get like, was it Yeah, she like was. And I didn't wow. know I was, to be honest with you. So she, you know, I came in looking to hear about you know, just the normal questions that all my friends would go to her with. You know, this was a popular medium in Boston back in the day. And, you know, all my friends would go and they would hear all these all these really cool things. Like, you know, she would be she was more of a psychic than she was a medium. So they would go in and they would ask her, OK, am I going to end up with so and so? Are we going to date? Are we going to hook up? Are we going to be together? All right. Am I going to get into, you know, this school? Do you see me graduating here? Do you see me staying in school? So they would come back with these really great predictions. So I wanted the same thing. I didn't go because I wanted to hear from somebody. I didn't even know that she did that. I went because I wanted to know what was in store for me in the future. Because don't forget, I pushed my own ability away. So right. I went to go and see her expecting that experience. And I got a totally different experience where she says to me, hey, you know, I have your grandmother here. Your grandmother died. And I'm like, yeah, my grandmother has passed. And she started talking to me. And then all of a sudden she says to me, um, you know, you're a medium. And I'm like, no, I used to see and hear ghosts, but I'm, I'm not a medium. You know, oh, yes, you are. And you know, she started to bring up, you know, uh, visions that she had of me when I was a child and what I would experience and how they would come to me and how they would talk to me. And she says to me, you need to be doing this work. Like you need to go and start, you know, uh, using this to help people. And I'm like, no, no, that's not me. Like I ran away from that. That was like old me. That was me when I was a kid. So she says to me, she's like, you know, she's like, I got to tell you something. She goes, I see a vision for you. She goes, I see you having a TV show. I see you know, you're going on morning talk shows and I see powder being put on your face and cameramen running all around you. And I see that you're going to be a very, very famous medium one day. So I thought this woman was full of shit. I says, I want my money back. This lady is full of shit. I'm not going to be a medium. I don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, I had experiences when I was a child, but no, this just doesn't hit home. So I was really fighting the reading. I just thought this was like the suckiest reading in the world because everything that I went through, I had a whole list of questions and she was talking about this and I was going in a completely different direction. And I was so angry and upset because here were all my friends getting the readings that they wanted and then here I am and getting this, this reading that I thought was bullshit. So, you know, after that, it was funny because I, I basically she says, you know, did you like your reading? I'm like, no, it's not what I wanted to hear. I, I don't understand anything that you're telling me. And she said, well, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to ask for this to come back. And, you know, I want you to, to look into this ability. She goes, because if you ask for it to come back and she gave me an, an exercise to do, she goes, you will start hearing and seeing things as you did when you were a child. 
So I said, okay. And then I came home and I talked to my mom and my mom went and, and, you know, explained to me all about her gifts and my grandmother's gifts. And that's really what opened the door to me being where I am today. So you never knew your mother had this before or your grandmother. It was really that moment. I knew that they had it. I just really didn't realize that I could do the same. I didn't realize, I, I never, because you can remember, I didn't know how to use my ability. I didn't know how to channel the voices. I didn't know what, like being back in the day when I was just three, four years old, when the departed used to speak to me, I didn't know they were speaking to me. I literally thought that they were haunting me. So now that I'm older, because of course hindsight is 2020, you look back at this and I say to myself, oh my God, like really what happened was is that I was seeing and hearing dead people, not because they were haunting me, but because they were trying to deliver a message to me. They knew that they could speak to me. And now I know that it was people who died in the nearby area. They were, you know, people who had died down the street or lo little lost souls that were trying to get to me to communicate with their departed, uh, excuse me, to try to, the departed was getting in touch with me to talk to their family members here in this world. Wow. And then, so once you talk to your mother and grandmother and realize you have this, like what next? Like when did you decide to start like doing this as a business? Like how did that all come about? And that you started doing readings? You know, I really can't describe it because it found me. Like people don't realize that I was in a great job. I was a, I was working privately contracted for the World Trade Center in Boston, you know, for the as as um for the security operations department. I worked for the security department and I was an EMT as well. I was the the highest paid in the department. I was doing great. I was up for a promotion. I was like loved my job. I still actually I still talk to everybody from my job from from 10 years ago as crazy as it is. And you know, I I had the world by the balls back then, you know? So I never wanted to be a medium. When I went home and I started to look deeper into my abilities, I started hearing and seeing things and connecting. And it was crazy because I started doing it for fun. I did it as a hobby for my friends and family members. And at that point in my life, I was working the overnight shift at the World Trade Center. So it was only us and a small skeleton crew. There was nothing really to do there because what are you going to do at three in the morning? There's no medicals going on. No one's getting into fights. There's nothing happening. So we would have nothing to do. We would literally watch Netflix and that's it. So late at night, I would, I would, my friends would come to me who and coworkers, and they'd be like, "Hey, Matt, you know, I'm having issues with my, with my so and so. Can you help me, you know, with your ability and tune in?" So I would do many readings at work, and then I would go and visit my friends because they were all in college at their dorms, dorm rooms, and I would go and give them little readings, and they would just short little readings about like, "Hey, Matt, you know, am I gonna date so and so? Is this one being truthful to me, Matt? Do you see who I'm gonna date in the future?" So I started to read for them and then word literally spread like wildfire where next thing you know, my friend's parents wanted readings. And then my coworkers at work were like, hey, Matt, if I get a group of, of girls together, will you come to the house and do a house party? I'm like, yeah, sure. OK. So the next thing you know, I'm doing that. And then people are like, hey, you know, I want you for a house party. I know somebody who could benefit from you. So I started doing these little house parties and then. Next thing you know, you know, a friend of mine who owns a salon, here salon, was like, hey, Matt, why don't you come like on your off days and like do some readings in the back of the salon? She's like, I have clients that want to meet with you. So I'm like, OK, and I'm doing that. And then next thing you know, I'm getting calls that, you know, hey, we heard about you. We want you on our radio show. Hey, we want you on the morning news. And then this this thing just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then next thing you know, it gets to the point where people were recognizing me at work. People started to, you know, understand who I was. And I had to make the decision. I can't have it both ways. I have to either stay in my job as an EMT or I have to go and find out where this is leading me. So it was really tough because I was supposed to be going. I wanted to be a, um, a physician's assist assistant or a paramedic. So I was going down that road. Well, starting to. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I think this is a bigger calling. So I, I went to start doing this mediumship work. And then all of a sudden, here I am today. And like, why give it away for free? Like when you're in the back of the hair salon, you know, you got to, you have a gift. You might as well, you know, turn it into a business, so to speak. Well, you're going to know that back then when I was in the hair salon, I was doing readings for 5 and $10 a reading because I was paid well at the World Trade Center. Yeah. So the thing is, is that I never did it for money. I remember that, you know, I could not fill up a tank of gas with the amount of money that I was making off my my readings. You know, I was not it was not something that was done for profit. It was something that was done because I loved it, it was a hobby. So, you know, back then I never realized, oh, my God, I'm going to be making money of this. I never even thought that I could do this as a full time job because it was a hobby. It's like when you make 
arts and crafts. You don't expect to make a profit off of it. You don't expect to do it. You just do it because you love it. And that's what I did until all of a sudden I had to leave my job. And then did you have people like when you were doing it as a hobby or in the back of the hair salon start to like come back to you and be like, oh my God, that just happened. That just happened. Like, Oh yeah. But more importantly, they would start to tell their friends. It wasn't so just me. They would tell their friends and their friends would come in and be like, you just did a reading that was mind blowing for my friend so-and-so. And now I have to come and see you. And the next thing you know, I was booked out, booked out, booked out. And, you know, it was crazy because, like I said, I, I just never expected this. Just never expected it. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And then who was, like, the first person, like, in the public eye? Like, that started, you know, like, even, like, a reality star, how big, like, that started way before the show, like, where someone just came to you. Like, how did that start? And you're like, oh, my God, I'm reading whoever it was. Well, you know, it's crazy because all these different people – I, so from the moment this started, from the moment that I started being on TV and whatnot, I would start to get calls from Hollywood. So, you know, I was getting calls way back when I was younger about all these crazy shows, right? Casting calls. They weren't like, they weren't like show shows. They were casting calls. Like, yeah. hey, would you want a show about haunted houses? Do you want to be on it? No, no, thanks. Hey, do you want to, you know, would you in this, this police investigation series where you need a medium? Do you want to be on it? No, that's okay. Because it wasn't me. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something that was fun, something that was uplifting, something that, you know, followed me in my everyday life. I didn't want to answer a casting call and just do, you know, a stupid show. So I, I really was smart in the beginning where I was doing what I loved, I, you know, and because I, I started from early on, it got to the point where later on in life, I never needed a TV show. I never needed anything like that because, you know, I was, I was so booked and so busy that, you know, I, I basically got a chance to write my own ticket. So I never, I, I, you know, but people from Hollywood would contact me and find out about me the same way that other people would. I, I to be honest with you, I really don't know how. Sometimes I would just get a phone call and it'd be like a, a producer and they'd be like, hey, we have somebody, you know, uh, famous, can't tell you who it is yet, but needs a reading. Can, you know, we book them. Yep. Okay. No problem. And so I don't know how they found out about me, but I found out now that Hollywood is a small community. And uh, like I said, that it's, it's, it's just crazy how it all just happens. Who is like, have you ever had a reading where you're just like, oh my God, you know, like it's a Madonna, it's a Cher or whoever to you, like, where you're just like, I cannot, like, I'm so starstruck right now. I, you know, I haven't yet. I really haven't. Um, the only thing that I can tell you is that I just was on that show, The Doctors. And back then, I know it, it kind of sounds corny, but you can remember, I loved medical. I wanted to be, I, I was an EMT and I wanted to be a physician's assistant and all these other things. So to me, I grew up watching The Doctors. You know, it was on, I think, when I was in my teens. I think I was 16, 17 when it came on the air. So I was watching that, and I loved Dr. Travis Stork. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, when I was younger, he was, like, my idol. He was like, I'm like, I want to be him. I wish that I could do, like, a talk show or something and, and be in his seat and, you know, meet with people and help people and do that. So I always looked up to him. And then it was a surreal moment. I think I was more, I, I think I was more fanboying when I went on uh, the doctors and I met Dr. Travis Stork than I was when I met any other celebrity. Cause I don't watch reality TV. So to me that, I think that's the reason why I'm kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like, I don't know. A lot of times I don't know who the person is who I'm, I'm reading. And I actually got offered a, a show before this one that was like, um, that was like Hollywood medium, like going and reading and ce- reading celebrities. And I'm like, I, and my publicist is like, you need to do this. I'm like, I, I can't do this because I don't even know who it is. I'm going to look like an idiot, you know, unless it's Cher and Madonna coming in. If it's a, if it's a real housewife star or whatever, I have no idea. Like recently I just read Jorinda Medley. I had no idea who she was. I couldn't, I didn't really know a lot about the show or anything. I actually didn't know anything walking in. That, that was one of my questions. If you knew, you know, one of our Queens, Ms. Jorinda Medley before you read her, but no, so you had no idea. Like she was a real housewife. Like, so I'm going to tell you a secret here. I have not had cable for the past three years. I have not watched anything. And the only time I had cable before before three years was because um, my, my ex-girlfriend had cable, but I never went and, and watched cable ever. So, I, and not to mention, I don't have the time. I'm, I'm on tour all the time. So the only time, it's funny because Alexa, my fiance, she's like, she was saying to me, when are we going to get cable? When are we going to get cable? I'm, I'm like, watch the Netflix, watch the Hulu. You don't need the cable. Oh, I want the cable. So finally, I said to her, when we get a TV show, you will get the cable. So finally, she's like, all right, we're on TV now. Can we get the cable? Yeah, fine. All right, we'll get cable. But still to this day, I don't watch any of that. I didn't even know. And it's funny because like 
people, when we were filming the show, they were like, oh, don't do you watch like reality TV? Do you watch this? Do you see how they do this? And I'm like, I have no idea because I don't watch it. Yeah, I was like, Dorinda, I'm like, yay. Now, so how did the show come about? I mean, did they approach you? Did you, because like you would think out of all the networks, the last network I would think would be E, just because like they already had something, so to speak. Well, they wanted it right away. I can tell you that. And it was crazy because I got a call from MGM one day and uh, MGM called me, a producer from MGM called me and they were like, hey, listen, we're doing like, you know, what's a casting call? Like we're doing like this really great show and, you know, it's about a panel of psychics and whatnot and like we want you on it. And I'm like, no, that's okay. And she's like, what do you mean that's okay? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So she's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is this is this huge opportunity, and this is with MGM, and MGM is the biggest. Do you know who MGM is? Yeah, I know who MGM is. They did The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, well, we need you to do this TV show. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that TV show. Why? Well, because at the time, I was, I think I was 26 years old. I'm like, I'm 26 years old. Um, You know, because before the show, you could remember, I had a two-year waiting list for private readings. I had my books in the, in the works about to be published. I, I was on a, on a national tour. I was doing everything myself. I, I didn't need any more publicity. And I was, I was the, a reoccurring guest on many TV talk shows. So I says, no, I'm not going to do that. So she's like, I think you're crazy. And I'm like, well, you can think I'm crazy. I'm not doing it. So I, I hung up the phone. I thought I hung up the phone. And next thing you know, this woman's screaming in my pocket. Did you hang up on me? Pick up the phone. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I was so embarrassed. And she says, you know, you need to do this. She goes, why won't you do this? I says, because... If I do a reality TV show, I says, I, it's going to be about my life. It's going to be, I don't want a show that's already scripted. I don't want a show that's already put together, right? And that you go and do. For example, like sometimes you'll get, um, you'll get uh, casting calls with like, hey, we need a medium that, you know, specializes in hauntings. We have this whole show set up and we have so many different locations and you as the medium will go into these different houses. I don't want that. I'm like, I would like a show that's just about me. So she goes, all right, I'm going to call you back tomorrow. Make sure you answer your phone. I said, all right. Long story short, the, the phone call came that night. And she's like, we're dropping the whole concept. We're going to do the show just about you. You know, we were betting on you doing this show. You said, no, we're going to do it just about you. So next thing you know, within two weeks, camera crews were at my door and um, filming the beginning. And it took a long, long time because they really had to go in and start from, from nothing. You know, they had nothing when they, they liked me. They liked my family. They, well, they didn't even know my family. In the beginning, they just liked me. And that was it. They had nothing put together. So we had literally producers here writing the show and trying to, to create a show around my life. They had to do a lot of shadowing and find out what my day-to-day -day life was and what my family was like and go from there. Wow. So that's that says a lot, you know, just to have them, like, change the whole concept, come and, like, not even meet your family and just decide to do a show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Did you have any reservations, like when you said yes, about like where this could go? You know, like there's a lot of pitfalls of reality TV. Like, do you have any of those reservations? No, I don't, because I've been on TV. And, you know, luckily, 
luckily, you know, my family, I've been doing this work for 10 years. So it's not like I'm just thrown into this. I've been, I've, I've, I've been doing this, you know, um, my fiance, she was Miss Rhode Island, uh, teen USA. So she's been in front of the camera. She knows, you know, about that, all about that and about media. You know, my family knows what I've done. My dad was the, was a, a politician. Well, not really a politician, but he was the, you know, the fire commissioner for the city of Boston. I call it a politician. So he's, he knows about media and whatnot. So I didn't, I didn't have any, I wasn't, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't nervous about it. There wasn't any reservations in terms of, I just wanted to make sure that, what I was doing was, was, you know, true and accurate. And how did your family feel? Like your mother, who's prominently featured on the show, were they like, this is amazing? Or were they like, oh God, what the hell's going on here? Well, you know, it's funny because people don't realize that my mom and my dad and my sister really didn't get, and especially with Alexa's family too, they didn't understand what was happening. So like cameras were here and they were filming, but it was, I'm like telling them like, do you know how big this is? Do you know you're going to be like on national TV? Do you not, not know that there's a, st a show about our life? And they're like, okay, do, do you think I'm going to get readings from this? What do you mean you think you're going to get readings from this? Yeah, you're going to have like people calling you, stopping you on the street. You think yeah. so? Yeah, ma, it's a national TV show. What do you think? And it's funny because they didn't, they didn't get it. They, they didn't understand what it was. And like, even like when the commercials came on, they were like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. So what's for dinner tonight? Like they don't, they, it didn't like process still to this day in their head. Like that it's the E network, which is a, a huge fucking network. It's all about your life, right? Like they're walking down the street. Like people want to stop you now for pictures, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's my like, mom's like, oh yeah. She goes, I you know I watch it. And I'm thinking to myself, she goes, it's like a watching a home video. I'm like, it's nothing like watching a home video. It was like produced by like, you know, the MGM and whatnot. I was like, yeah, it's like a home video. You know, she, they, they don't get it. Like, just like when we first watched the screening of the episodes, right? My mother goes, um, cause I was like, oh mom, what did you think? She's like, oh, Matthew, I loved the show. It was great. She's like, it was wonderful. And I got to tell you, she's like, I am so proud. I don't know how our family did it. She goes, but can you believe that nobody swore through the whole first and second episode. I says, Mom. I says, everybody fucking swore through the whole fucking thing. What are you talking about? I'm like, you were dropping F-bombs. And my mother goes, no, no, we never did that. I said, Mom, did you not hear those beeps? And she goes, oh, that's what that was? I thought that the TV was cutting out. You're like, no, that's what all that was. Yeah, she like totally didn't get it. That's so funny. Now, so obviously there's like a long waiting list to get in with a reading with you. So how are all your readings like local? Do you travel? Or are they like digital like this? Like what about for people who can't get to you? They're definitely digital because I can't, a lot of my clients are actually not from the United States. So a lot of my clients are from you know New Zealand, Australia. I just talked to a woman in Switzerland. So I never know who's calling in. And a lot of times they're from you know far away places. So I've really been doing a lot of readings through Skype or by telephone or things like that. And you could get that, you get the vision through phone and through Skype. You could still. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. You don't have to be in person with somebody. Just like, you know, I do a lot of radio shows where I do, um, where I do live readings. Interesting. Interesting. I actually just did one for Jenny McCarthy the other day. I saw that. I saw that. Um, we love Jenny McCarthy. And, okay, so now do you find, you know, like, okay, New York, like, you're in Rhode Island, it's a nice, quiet place, like, do, do, are you, like, shying away, like, when you come to New York City, are you like, oh, my God, there's so much coming in right now, because there's a gazillion people around? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I can't, I don't like big cities because of that reason, like, that, I think that's one of the reasons why I moved from Boston, it was just too much. Like, at least Rhode Island, like, you could, if you feel like you can get away, you pretty much know everybody, and even, like... Um, I have another home in West Palm Beach and I love being there as well because it's just, it's a smaller city. There's not a lot of people. And especially in Florida, the energy is just so low key. It's not like, it's not like, like up North, you know, where everyone's high energy. Everyone in Florida is more relaxed. They're laid back, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. So that's definitely one of my favorite places. And what is one of the craziest thing that's ever happened? Like during a reading, like, have you ever had something where you're like, oh my God, this is a first. Oh, all the time. All the time. I mean, one of the times that, that I was reading this woman, she was in the audience. Because I don't know. Here's the one of the things that I, I'm, I'm glad I can talk about this. Is that one of the misconceptions, and I don't know why this, this happens, but everybody feels like they have to bring something of their loved ones to a live event for that loved one to come through. It's not going to help your chances with the reading. Trust me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. You don't have to bring 
your loved one's sweater, scarf, whatever. No, you don't have to, you know, because they're connected to you. They're not connected to the item. So I can't tell you how many people do this. So I was doing a reading for this woman and she was in the, in the audience and her husband came through and her husband passed, you know, he was, he was really just dealing with a lot of health issues. He had diabetes. He, you know, he was, um, uh, I think he had cancer as well. He had a bad heart. I mean, this guy had everything you, you could, that, that could go wrong. He had wrong. And he was fighting through this illness and it was a really just emotional reading. And I was getting close to the woman. I was holding her hands because I like to get close with the people that I'm reading with. And, you know, I'm like, your husband's telling me that you brought something with you of, of his today. And she goes, oh, yeah, this is what it is. And she hands it to me. And it was his eye. It was his glass wow. eye. And I'm like, it was in a little baggie with like saline or something. I don't even know. But I remember I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I, you know, being when you're in, the, when I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone. I don't pay attention to anything. Like somebody could be driving a bulldozer down the street and you're not going to distract me. So she hands me this and I'm holding it. I go to look at it. I think this is the one time I was ever distracted in my life because I saw something looking at me. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, of course, I'm in front of the whole audience. And she's like, oh, that was his eye. I think I almost, I, I, I had to like hold it in. I like, I started laughing so hard. I just, I just couldn't believe it. That's crazy. But, oh you know, it happens all the time. Who brings with them? I mean, I had people bring, uh, you know, their loved ones ashes with them. I've had them bring, you know, uh, one lady <laughs> one lady brought her husband's boot with her with, with her and was whole. I mean, it's it's crazy about, like, the things that people bring or the, some of the things that, that happen. And, you know, it's not really – to me, like, the other side never – there's nothing that really shocks me all that much because I've been doing it for so long. But I think it's more of my clients that shock me or the people who attend. And how do the live shows work? So, like, I, I know you have a tour. Like, a lot of the dates were just, you know, they're coming. I might be coming to see you in Atlantic City. I was just oh, looking good. at the I hope dates. Oh, good. I do. I was looking at the dates, and I'm like, you know, like, hopefully we're going to be out and about by the summer. So how does that work? Like, you, you get your audience. Like, I've been to live readings before. Like, you're up on the stage, and then what? You just stand there and get a vision from someone, and, and then just, like, random in the audience of who you Get a vision no, for my, my gift doesn't work that way. So I don't do it the same way that other mediums do. I hate standing up on stage. I think that that's, that's, and I, and I hate, I think it's so bullshit when you stand up on stage and say, in front of 2000 people, oh, I have a John that's coming through, raise your hands. I think that's so bullshit. So what I like to do is I like to do things differently. And I actually like to walk out into the audience and I actually like to tell people who's with them or who's standing behind them. So I'll say to somebody, okay, you know, because the, what happens is when I look out to the audience, I feel like the whole audience disappears. And I just see the departed. That's how my gift works. So I'll go up to somebody and say to somebody, you know, oh, your dad's standing behind you. This is what he has to say. Or maybe I'll get pulled to the way, way back. You know, it's so amazing with these, with my group readings or my live events or shows, whatever you want to call them, is that um, it doesn't matter where you sit. If your loved one has a message, they will pull me to where I need to go. So I might be in the way back talking to a mom that lost her son. And the next thing you know, be in the center to, with uh, a woman who had lost her dad. The next thing you know, be in the side aisle with a woman who had lost, you know, a grandchild. They will pull me to where I need to be. Interesting. And you can tell who it is. Like if you see a woman with like an older man, you could tell if that was like her older husband or the father, or you're not sure of who the person is like standing behind them. Yeah. And people love that. I mean, that's what, I don't know if you just watched, it was just on that show, the doctors, as I was talking about earlier, it just got released yesterday. And, um, I did the same thing there. I did the same thing on Kelly Clarkson, you know, was that people love that because yeah. I think that if you're a medium, you should be proven to the people. Yeah. Your loved ones are, are with you. You know, you should be using your gift in, in that way. At least I, well, I can't speak for everybody. I know that that's how my gift works is that I see them. So it's easy for me to do it that way. Right. Well, like on your website, you reference the sixth sense of like, I see dead people. So you actually see somebody who looks similar to the way they do in this world. Right. Yes. So interesting. I really wish I had your gift. I think it's totally fascinating. Well, it's a gift and it's a curse at the same time, I guess. I people don't know whether to bust me or burn me. I was just going to say, like, I mean, that must be a lot going on. I mean, so it's like, does that ever happen? Like, you're in bed with your, with Alexa, or you're no, like, you're, I mean, do people come through when you're like, oh my God, go away, leave me alone now? Well, you, when you're a medium, you can't do that. You know, you're on call 24-7 like a doctor. So if somebody's, call, if someone's telling you something, you have to listen to that message. Because sometimes, and it happens a lot, where I'll be doing a reading for somebody, 
and their loved one will come through before they come through. So, for example, if I have a Skype call at, you know, 11 a.m. with somebody, sometimes the night before I'll start getting visions and I'll be like, okay, I'm this person's son. You know, uh, my mom's calling you at, uh, you know, tomorrow, whatever. So sometimes I'll, I'll start hearing that beforehand. So when that happens, I'm like, holy shit, I'm in the bed. I'm, I'm grabbing my, my notebook or grabbing my iPhone. I'm taking notes, you know, as I'm starting to get those visions so that I'm prepared for the next the next day. So, you know, you're always hearing things, you're always sensing things, you're always feeling things, and you just have to go with it. Interesting. And then, so say that, you know, there's someone, they want the best, that's you, there's a, a long wait list, they can't get in. How does someone go about, like there's no Yelp reviews for psychic medium. So say that you're the best, which you are, and we can't get in to see you. How do people go about choosing someone? Like, for instance, like, oh, say I oh, want to- Well, person, I would yeah. say, one, use your intuition, right? Use your intuition. You get a vibe off of people. You know, we all have intuition. It's an energy field. And you can tell using your intuition if someone's telling the truth, if they're lying, if they're, if they're being truthful. So, you know, you really have to look at things and you really have to see, you know, when you're going to meet with somebody or going to find a psychic medium, it's important that you meet them, you see their picture, you know, you read about them and you feel a connection. When you feel a connection with that person, you know it's going to be a good reading. But one of the things that I can tell you is that I know a dead giveaway is if somebody has to read you in person. They should, you know that they're reputable when they can read you by phone or they can read you by Skype. Because half the clients that I read, I don't see. They call in by phone, which I absolutely love because it makes it makes me know that I'm not distracted. So in other words, when, when they call, I don't see them, but I'm hearing their loved one and their loved one is still with me. Just like I said earlier, you know, souls will come through before I even get on the phone with the client. So if they're, if somebody says, no, I can't read you by phone, you have to come in and I have to see you. They're not reading your departed. They're looking at you. They're looking to see, oh, you know, is, is, is he have a wedding band on? You know, is he giving any facial clues or things like that? So, you know, there are, there are, you know, fakes in the industry, just like there are in any industry. So you just have to be careful of that. And you have to be mindful of that. That makes sense. And then, you know, is it less likely, like what, have you ever had someone not come through? Like, for instance, like, okay, so I have grandparents that have passed away, but you know, like my inner core, like my sister, my mother, like no one really close to me has ever passed away. You know, like grandparents I was close to, but they were both old when they passed away. So like, if you're not like, oh, my father died when I was young, like if you're not really feeling that loss yet, knock on wood, I, I will. But I mean, is it less likely? Like, have you ever had someone where just nobody comes through? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, listen, it's very rare. And the people who come to me really need to hear a connection. Like, for example, you're not going to be drawn to a medium if you haven't lost anybody. It's the reason why when you look out into my audience, you don't see anyone that's, you know, 18 years old, 19 years old. Occasionally you do, but you really don't because, you know, people of that age haven't really lost anybody significant. But when you lose somebody significant, you want to connect with the medium. And you, for a, a message to come through, I can't bring just your grandmother through or your grandfather through, they have to come through if they have a message. So for example, your grandmother's not going to come through and just talk about her couch and talk about, you know, the things she used to do here. There has to be a message that's attached. The reason why they come through to a medium is maybe they didn't get to clear something up here in this world. Maybe they left this world without you getting to say goodbye. Maybe there was, you know, turmoil in the family that they're trying to heal. Maybe you're going in for an operation and they want to let you know that they're going to be there holding your hands. Maybe you're getting married and they're letting you know that they're going to be there on your wedding day. There has to be a specific reason on why they come through. It's just like you wouldn't get on the phone and call your mom just to say, oh, you know, how's it going, blah, 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 blah. You know, you would call because it's a specific reason. Interesting. Interesting. And what do you say to the people out there? You know, listen, there's all these people that say like it's fake, they're non-believers, you know, not of you, just of the whole thing in general, like card readers. Well, they say it, they say it about me too. It doesn't matter. They say it about anybody. You know, there's, there's non-believers and my, my dad and my sister were skeptics as well. I mean, you know, it was hard for them, especially my sister living in a house where you know, my brother's got this gift. How come I don't have this gift? He says he sees and hears the departed. How come I can't see and hear the departed? And the best thing that I can tell you is come to a show. If you're a skeptic, come to a show. But, you know, I think everybody walks in a skeptic. I know that there's so many people who drag their husbands who don't believe. And guess what? They're the ones who get a message. And at the end of the day, they walk out and they, they feel like their life has been changed. My dad, same thing. 
he came during the TV show, he came to my one of my live events and he was amazed at the things that had happened and the things that he witnessed. So sometimes it's just being a part of the experience. But then you also have these people who, you know, don't want to believe. And there's nothing you can do about that. It's a, the same person who says, I don't believe in psychics. I'll never believe in psychics. You know, it's the same person that goes to a doctor and the doctor will say, hey, you know, you need to change your health around. I, you know, we just did, we just did it uh, in EKG and you have a bad heart and you're going to die of a heart attack if you don't stop eating healthy. And they'll come back and they'll say, oh, the doctor was bullshit. That's bullshit. I'm not going to die. I'm fine. The doctor doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't believe in that. You know, the same person doesn't believe in dieting or doesn't believe in that. You can't change a person's belief systems. You just can't. But the people who go in and they're skeptical, and they're like, I don't know if this is real. This guy will have to really prove something to me, you know, to show me that it's real. Those are the people who walk away life changed. So yeah. sometimes it's just attending a, a, a reading. But like I said, you just have to have an open mind or, you know, look at things a different way. The live shows to me, yeah, are so amazing. Because, I mean, you have all these people and you're not just going from person to person. I mean, the things you're bringing through are so relevant to that person. Listen, it's also a very emotional evening. You know, it's like there's a lot that comes out. So hopefully this second segment of your tour that has been rescheduled will actually happen and will be out and around. Oh, please, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Because so far the dates have been switched around so much because this Corona stuff. So I feel I know. Really like I know that like Atlantic City had so many people who wanted to go and attend and that just got moved out. But like I said, hopefully, hopefully things will get back to normal. I think I'm going to try. That's the show I'm going to try to come to, the one in Atlantic City. I'll have to DM you if I'm going to definitely be there. Yeah, now. And, you know, I was actually going to go to your book signing in New Jersey at Bookends. I was I was supposed to be there, but that was, like, right at the beginning of this whole corona thing. We were still able to, like, roam free, but it was, like, right on the edge of it. But so the book, it's great. How's the book doing? The book's doing well. It's going well. great. It's going great. I, that's another thing where I had to cut the book tour short, which I was so upset about. But... You know, I got to meet, we, we started the book tour and I got to meet some amazing people. And then it's so funny because I like went to New York, I went to New Jersey. And then as more of the Corona started being announced, you saw like the audiences getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But it was really great because I got to meet with uh, a lot of people who were afraid to leave their houses. So I did like the people who couldn't make it. Obviously, I signed books for them, um, even though they weren't present. And we I get saw. to ship them out. But I get to spend, it, it was really nice, you know, it, I look at it, look at it as, as a blessing because I get to, to meet people one-on-one -on -one and I get to meet them on a more intimate level where normally I'm used to, to meeting groups and crowds of people. Totally. Where because of the coronavirus, I was able to meet with people, you know, uh, with smaller groups and really get to know the people that I was, I was uh, meeting with. So that really turned out to be a blessing in disguise because they were saw so, so appreciative of that. I saw a video you did for someone at bookends and I'm like, oh, why didn't I fucking go? And look, it's like, it was a very intimate. And I'm like, how did Alexa's like family react when she's like, okay, this is my boyfriend and this is what he does. Are they all like, we want a reading. We want a reading. So they, they it's funny because she went home and Alexa didn't know who I was. Well, she says she doesn't know who I was. I don't believe that. But anyway, she says she doesn't know who I was. Her parents did. So when I first asked her out, you know, and um, she said, and, and I guess her mom found out because Alexa told me the story afterwards and her mother was like, you're dating Matt Frazier? Oh my God, can I go? Can I go on the date? Can I meet him? So, you know, it's funny because her parents were a little bit starstruck, but, you know, Alexa, uh, Alexa wasn't because she didn't know who I was. She didn't even, she never had been to a medium before or a psychic before and never had a reading before. Interesting. Um, and you guys, are you guys planning your wedding now? Yeah, well, you know, not, we were planning the wedding and now we're stopping because of, like I said, everything yeah. is just on hold because of Corona. Nobody will, we were supposed to go actually this week. We're supposed to be in Florida meeting with, with, um, the venues and the caterers and this and that, and it's just all shut down. So we'll see what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's really tough going through this because like I said, it's like everybody's life is just on hold. And that's what and it is, like the whole world. It's like somebody just pressed the pause button on the remote and everyone's just stuck. It's a little, it's crazy. It's like, right, you have so many emotions. Like, it's scary, then you're pissed off, then you're just like, I need my life back. It's like there's so many different range of emotions. And then just when I'm pissed off about staying in, I'm like, okay, wait. Well, the bigger picture is just to be healthy. Like, how is this, like, are you getting a lot of requests for readings now, like, as it relates to corona? 
or I mean, it doesn't really get that specific. Like you can't really like if someone comes to you and says, I want this reading to focus on Corona. Like I need to know from someone on the other side, it's going to be okay. And I need a date and I need clarity. Like does, are people coming to you for things like that? Cause I would think, I mean, a lot of people want answers about this. Well, no, I, I, to be honest with you, not really. I mean, but I've been really good at going on on Facebook and uh, Facebook Live and talking to everybody and calming everybody down and, you know, basically letting everyone know that, listen, you know, I know that everyone's scared. I know that everyone's worried. I know that everyone's stressed out. But also, at the, this, it's times like this when our angels are with us, when our loved ones are with us. You know, you don't have to come to a medium to know that your dad is with you, your mom is with you, anyone who you lost is with you and watching over you. And that... Really, you know, we can look to them for guidance. If you're stressed, have conversations with your loved ones. You know, you don't have to come to me for that. You can have your own conversations with your mom, your dad, and, and you know, the people that you've lost. I mean, listen, we're all going through this. You know, what I'm told from heaven is that the numbers are going to come up high, unfortunately. it's gonna, We're going to spike. We're going to see a lot of people get infected. And then we're going to see it spike down. And a lot of people, and then it, it's going to come down and, and, and uh, be swept away for a while. So that's going to be the good news. But we just have to wait about getting to that point. You know, spirit's not going to tell you. The funny part is, is that everyone's looking for a magic answer and there's not a magic answer for this. You know, spirit's going to tell you the same thing that the doctors are telling you. Stay in your house, avoid contact, wash your hands, take care of yourself, and that's it. Because they can't tell you, you know, avoid that person at Stop and Shop, avoid the person touching the oranges, you know, at the, at the, at the Stop and Shop Center because, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our life. True. So there's no spirit that's going to say everything is going to be okay. Well, no, it is. Like, this isn't the end of the world. Okay, people have asked me, is this the end of the world? Like, seriously, is it the end? No, it's not. It's not the end of the world. We're not dying. This isn't meant to kill the planet. You know, this is something that happens that was unfortunate, that has, you know, swept across the whole the, the whole world. And we're all dealing with it together. And, and, this, and like I said, it's, it's hard because sometimes when something like this happens, people look for a magic answer. And right now, there isn't a magic answer. And that's the tough part. Our, does spirit tell us we're going to get through this? Yes. You know, are we are is, is there a way that heaven can divinely help us and and, you know, help us to get these numbers down? Unfortunately, no. But God, heaven and our angels do work through the hands of doctors, nurses and, you know, healthcare workers, you know, the people on the front line. So we just have to trust in that. You know, we really just have to send our energy and pray for the people who are going through this, that they get better and send them our energy so they recover quicker. How do you withstand like the desire to help people like, okay, you know, like there's that fine line between like you're working and like, you know, you're a human being, you need your personal time. So like you're in stop and shop and all these people are coming through. Like, have you ever felt the need? Like, I just need to go up to this stranger right now and tell her something. Oh yeah. And I do. And you you know, do. Those are the, 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 the worst part about the series, the TV series is the fact that we didn't have enough time. So to get the, you know, to get, like all the readings that I did really didn't make it in. So they started to put them on YouTube. So you can see some of the random readings I did when I was at the pet shop. I read a woman when I was, you know, out to dinner with Alexa. I read a, a woman when we were, what was another one? Like what my stylist, I, I did a reading for uh, via Skype. And then there was one other one. I can't, I can't remember, but anyways, all those random readings made it on and all those, all those random readings made it on and made it on, on, on YouTube. Okay. That weren't, we're that weren't in the series. So they're all on YouTube if people want to watch. Yeah. That's awesome. But I don't know. I, be, being me, like where I am now, like I can't walk into a grocery store. I can't walk into a Christmas tree shop without, you know, getting bombarded by 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 uh, by people who know you, you know, when you're on reality shows. I mean, I'm sure every single person wants a reading. I mean, that's just who would it? No, it's surprising because they really don't. A lot of people just want a picture. I really thought that people would like come up and want a reading and like really badge you, but really they don't. People are really respectful. And a lot of times they just want a picture and that's it. Yeah. Doing what I do in this business. Yes. I, I, I could see that. Like they want the picture. I mean, listen, you're on a reality show for even two episodes. People want the picture. Yes. What's going on with the show? Like, do you know if it's coming back? Like what's the status of that? Well, we're still airing right now. So right. we, are, we are airing in, you know, Latin America and the UK and oh, wow. all of that. So that's really cool. And right now, everything's on hiatus right now, but hopefully we'll get back into it once, uh, once we're past this. It's like everybody should be watching this show. It's a great show. Oh, thank you. 
I mean, it's a great combination. Like you said, it's about you and your life and your family brings so much to it. And then like your gift, it's like a perfect, I mean, listen, it's Meet the Freight. It's a perfect title for the show. What is, besides the show, what is your plan? Like when all this is over, you're going to continue the live shows. Maybe the book tour will continue. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be, we'll, we'll definitely pick up the book tour when that, when that time comes. Definitely. Cause I mean, I have so many places that have been waiting, you know, and, and fans and, and followers that have been waiting. So I'll definitely get back on the road and do that. Definitely more live events to come, another book book to come. And this, there's some really big things that are happening as well that I can't wait to share with everybody. That's good. And right now, I mean, in a way, your business must be booming because people are home. Like, it's a good time to do a phone and Skype readings, right? Like, I mean, is your, I mean, you were booked anyway, but like a lot of people are probably, this is a good time to get a reading. Well, I mean, right now, people, it, it is, but at the same time, like, I'm doing a lot of work and a lot of live streams to really keep my audience calm. Yeah. Because right now, people are so stressed out. They are so on edge. They're anxious. They're, I mean, you're going to remember that, I mean, if you just take yourself out of it for a moment and you look, right, like, I'm on the front lines in terms of hearing from the people that are on my Facebook page, my Instagram page, and your heart just breaks for them because you have, you know... Like there's a there's a lot of people on my Facebook page that know somebody very special to them that have Corona right now. People are writing in and saying, you know, my brother has it, my sister in law has it, my aunt has it. And like when you when you know these people, because I know the people that that message me or that you know write on on Facebook, you know, because I'm I'm back there. I write back to a lot of the comments. I if I don't write back, I see the comments, so I know who these people are because you know they're on on my Facebook and, and Instagram just like you run your profiles. It is really me. Um, so I, I know them and I know their names. And then next, you know, when they're saying my cousin has it, my grandmother has it, my so-and-so has it. You're like, oh my God, like it really hits your heart. And then at the same time, you, people come to you with their stories, you know, who ha is a, is, has a full family, but they got laid off from work. You know, who's coming to you, who, um, who's coming to you and they're a, a widow and they're at home alone. Can you imagine being quarantined by yourself with nobody else? Like you don't, there's nobody else. Hello. Hello, single yeah, but gay man. At least man. you work. At least you're doing podcasts and you have some interactions. If you're 70, 80 years old, they don't know electronics. They don't know Skype. They don't know how to do the FaceTime. They don't know how to do anything like that. So they're literally like these clients are alone in their apartment with nothing but a TV set. That's it. A TV set and a landline phone. So you have that. Then you have like the people who like Alexa's mom is a nurse. So Alexa's mom is back and forth to the hospital. So we have to stay quarantined away from her. You know, because we don't know what she's bringing home. So, you know, it's it, it, and it's 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 like that in a lot of families who are have people in the medical field. So it's really, 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 it's, it's really a tough time for everybody right now. That makes sense. No, this show, to your point, this, what I do for work has like helped get me through. I've thrown myself into work, which I understand is my defense mechanism. So two more things before we go. A, is there anything else that you want to put out there? Your book is doing great. The book tour is going to continue. The live shows, you're listed at least on your website and Ticketmaster. Yes. And right now, so speaking of throwing yourself into work, so what I have been doing, because I have not been home in three months, which is so funny because I've been on the road. So this is the first time I've been home in a very long time. I've been, well, I've been home back and forth. I come, I check up on the house, check up on the cats. I'm home for a couple of days. Then I'm out for a couple of days, home, back, home, back. So that's how it works when you're on tour. So what I've been doing, which I'm really excited about, is not only have I gotten to meet people like you and do podcasts and whatnot, but I've really started to develop the online stuff, which I really didn't have time to do before. So um, I started to record a lot of my new master classes. So by the time this podcast is up, you will be able to find you know, all these audio classes on my website about ways that you can develop your intuition, ways that you can develop psychic protection, ways that you can develop, you know, um, your psychic voice. So I have all of these new audio classes that are coming up that you can download and listen to on my website. And I also have a master class out called Signs from Heaven, ways that you can recognize your loved ones reaching out to you from the afterlife. So that's pretty cool as well. If, if um, you're home and you need something to do and you want to learn about yourself or learn about different aspects of your life. That'll be available on my website as well. That's amazing. So that will be like on your website and there's a link to your website in your Instagram. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Especially now, I think those are great. Like, that's great. I think a lot of people just being home, 
this is almost like a great time to look into all of that. Now, it's a good time for self reflection. I mean, this is think about it. this is the first time this is ever going to happen. As much as much sadness as that's going on in the world right now, with you know, we watch and we see people getting affected. When else are we going to have a time to actually sit back and and this makes you feel grateful for the things that you have in your life? You know, yes. sometimes you like, for example, we all get stressed over work. We all get stressed out over um, over everything that goes on in daily life, and then to be put in your house and to say you can't you can't leave or like you're you're limited. You you don't have the freedom of going out to you know a restaurant. You don't have the freedom of going to a movie theater. You don't have the free freedom of going to your job and doing your job. You really you really realize how thankful you are to live the life that you have. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. I think everything in life happens for a reason. As yeah. awful as this is, I feel like. This is a way to slow down and just realign your life and like use your time wisely. Like to your point, like with these classes online, there's a lot that you could be doing and people could be looking into. So now, of course, my last question is, have you gotten any, I'm not asking for a reading. This wasn't my chance to get a free reading, but have you felt any presence here today? Or it doesn't yeah, work I like that. Yeah, I definitely have a grandmother with you. Definitely really strong that's coming through. Really? Um, and I also felt like, did she have uh, heart issues here in this world? Do you know? I think so. Because I felt like there was like congestive heart failure. I kept getting this this feeling of congestive heart failure or passing of, of a heart. And it wasn't like a heart attack. It was like a weak heart when I'm connecting. Because I kept seeing like connections of, of blood thinners and things. And that's your grandmother. And I felt it was on your father's side. Do you, do you know she had any heart issues? I think so, like towards the end. So she's coming through, and I also heard there was some me memory issues with her as well, because she was telling me that there was some um, issues with her remembering and understanding things. But know that she's here, and she's really strong around you, watching over the family. That's good. Wait a minute, and there's one other thing. Did you just lose a dog? I didn't. There's a little dog that's with her as well when I'm connecting. Really? She had a dog that she was oh, very close to. That was her dog. Yeah. Connecting, she showed me a dog that's on her lap that she's petting. She so loved that, her. She loved so her dog. If that was her dog, no, that dog is with her because she kept saying, "Let him know the dog is here. The dog is here." And I kept seeing that dog on her lap, so no, it's her way of acknowledging that. And I'm also hearing a name that's coming through. Is there like a Cheryl or Shirley? Do you know that name? I'm trying to think. So this is going to be a friend of hers or somebody that would be with her on the other side. Because she's also making reference to that name. Ask your dad. I will. I'm trying to think of like all her sister's names. Like she passed a long time ago, but surely like, you know, it sounds kind of familiar, like maybe one of her really good friends. Yeah, it could be. Cause what happens is, is that when we lose somebody and they go to the other side, they're also with all of their friends and family members that were lost. So know that she's there with the dog. She is watching over the whole family and that she, she is okay. She's just a little thing when I'm connecting with her. Like I feel like she was no bigger than a pint of piss when she was here in this world. She had a lot to say. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. That's like, that's good to know. That's very comforting. And now before we leave, not that I want to, trust me, I could, I could talk to you and ask you who's coming through from the other side for hours. I was trying to be respectful because I figured we're really not here for that. I want to take a picture. This is what our lives oh, have yeah. come to. This is what our lives have come to in quarantine. Hold on one second. Two things that I do so I can like put this up. And I'll send all this to you. You look very refreshed. Oh my God, that's perfect. That's like amazing. And then I want to do one other thing is how pathetic am I? This is what I do for when this episode comes out. This is better than it looks, believe it or not. Hold wait, I gotta make sure. Wait, wait I gotta, I know, I'm looking on. at the wrong thing. I'm looking at your phone instead of my, my, my camera. Okay. It's like, just so I can put that out to everyone. That is what our world has come to. But I really appreciate you taking the time. Yes. So everyone out there, when you write to Matt, he does. You got right back to me. So I really appreciate that. This is given, hopefully this is going to give everyone some comfort. Everyone that wants a reading, get yourself on the wait list. Where can we find you online? So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, everything. Text to tweet to Twitter, however you want to do it. Meet Matt Frazier is the handle. Excellent. And your website is also? Meet Matt Frazier. Yeah, everything's Meet Matt Frazier and then Meet the Frazier's is the TV series.
Everybody watch this show. It is amazing. It is hilarious. It is so interesting to see your gift. Your mother is the breakout star. We love her. <laughs> Say hi to Alexa. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on with you. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll, I'll send this through to you when it's coming out. All right. Sounds good. Take care and stay awesome. safe. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you later. Right. Bye. Bye, -bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.